Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. What's up on a Monday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Rister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this. Well, I always say that. I always say we appreciate you hanging out. I can't speak for Colin. He may hate you. I appreciate you <laughs> hanging out here um, on this Monday, July, whatever it is, edition of the Road Report. July 15th. I am in scenic Hoover, Alabama. For uh, the second time in two months. Yeah, as if seven days here in May were not enough. I'm uh, I'm back for more. Went to On Tap last night. Went to Gabriel's. There you go. The That's on brand. Yeah, the Sigs Inside place. I, I pretty much did everything you can do in Hoover in a single night, and I'm still here for thir- till Thursday. So we you got that going be on. Ma- you should be mayor of Hoover at this point. I think I could. I um I am I am a king of drinking at chain restaurants and eating you know bar food, which is pretty much what this city does. Um. So I got that going on for me. Um, we have a – if I told you we had a pack show today, I'd be lying, but we're just going to kind of go. You um, should see – people should see the planning we put into this one. Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss does not go until tomorrow. Today, yeah. I believe, is LSU, Florida, and Missouri. I might write something from today. I might not. I don't really know. I don't think anyone has any interest on my take on Missouri or LSU football. <laughs> But if I kind of find something interesting, I might put it up. I've got that story on the two sport kids that I'm going to try to finish in the next uh, in the next day or two. I think I'm going to wait and get a quote from Matt Luke and throw that in tomorrow. So hopefully have that up tomorrow morning. Uh, I've been saying I've been going to write that for a while, and I've had terrible writer's block. Uh, I went to the <laughs> Grove last week and stared at a tree for three hours and watched two squirrels fight each other. Um, so got that going on. I uh, – I had a big weekend. I also have another weird Uber story. I forgot to mention right. that before we started hey, recording. I'm in. This one is there. even. This one's not as bad, but it's it's weirder than 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 the Arkansas one, but not as like bad. Like the Arkansas one. So this one is really a just, Jackson, like, right? Yeah. So the Arkansas one like pissed me off. This one was just kind of weird. So I played in a golf tournament over the weekend. Um, so I don't think I really explained well what exactly the thing was. Um. When it happened. So this is actually this is the most fun I've had playing golf in a long time. So get this. It is a farm course. It is a farm okay. owned by one of my dad's buddies or like the family. Like it's been the family for a while. There's the course has three greens and it's surrounded basically by a cornfield. And you have six <laughs> tee boxes and you go to each green. It's like six to like six to like each green right. six times for eighteen yeah. holes. Yeah. And it is it was awesome. So it's like a two man scratch it's basically two man team. So you go in tensums. And you basically just play all day in the middle of the sun and, you know, do what you do on a golf course. You know, drink beer and enjoy being outside. It was awesome. I had a lot of fun. We got washed out the second day. Um, but yeah. that course is awesome. It's uh, Halifax Holes is what they call it. It's the it's the Augusta National of West Hind County. Hines <laughs> County. Hines County. We actually got a T-shirt that said that on the back. There you go. Yeah. So what would you do this weekend, man? Uh, whole, I, helped, I helped somebody move. Uh, that okay. was pretty much the extent of my weekend. I, I helped a friend move to to Oxford. Uh, is there anything worse in the world than moving? Because I, after this weekend, I'm convinced there's not. No, I hate moving. I hate it, and it's like because it's so overwhelming in the sense that, like, particularly when you're moving yourself, you like put some decent legwork in. You're like, okay, I got a bulk of that done, and then just stuff keeps popping up. It's like, oh <laughs> shit, I have to move this. I still have to move that. 
getting a truck to like move well, uh, to move like big stuff is awful, like a bed and like a like a mattress and all that. That's the worst. There's nothing worse than moving a mattress. I've almost died several times trying to move a mattress down the stairs and that thing almost crushing me. That's a and, and that's like you know we're so used to just moving ourselves. This was a family of four. Oh my god, it was just so yeah, see, much stuff. I know like. Hiring a moving company is expensive. Like, I get that. Like, Borky just moved houses um, not too long ago, and he did it without a moving company. And he was like, look, like, I know we were trying it's to save it. money, but he was like, look, hire the moving company, man. This shit sucks. He goes, just bite the bullet and hire the moving company. I don't care how expensive it is. You'll thank yourself later. I wonder how much one of those runs. Like, I know they're um, so expensive. I'm just, I'm just, I wonder if there's a number I can find. I'm going to Google that later. Yeah, and I wouldn't even like, like. Yeah, but to your to your point, like, it's like yeah, moving a family is like an entirely different beast. Like, I complain about the little stuff that I have, but like, yeah. I'm definitely if I ever get married and have kids, that's big if. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely hiring the moving company. I'm just biting the bullet. That's just what's gonna happen. Like, yeah, I mean, like, you can handle you. Like, if it's just one person, it's not a big deal. Moving a new fam or a family into a new house. Oh my god. Yeah, it was and, it was an experience. So you didn't do so much the, else. So no, no, because I mean, it was it was a two day shindig, so you're tired at the end of the both days. Right. So you so have a weird, a, you have a weird Uber story. Let's hear it. This is how <laughs> I'm gonna say that for a minute. We got to keep oh, people man. listening for longer than 15 minutes to uh to make it count as a listen. Um. So yeah, a little trick there. Um. So we is that yeah, like clickbait. So, yeah. So this is like the uh really the last like not last weekend of summer. But, like, as we talked about on Friday, this event gives you just, like, even though it's, like, bullshit, it just gives you, like, fodder to start talking about, you know, this is who whatever brought. Like, this gives you content for two weeks, and then you get into fall camp, and it's kind of off to the races after that. I feel like there's always a period in fall camp where stuff gets tedious after, like, ten days. You're like, okay, like, I really don't have much to write about. There's not not really that many more storylines here. So, at least we are off rock bottom. Um, like last week was rock bottom. I mean, SB's week is always the worst as far as content. So we got that going on. Um, I'm not really particularly interested in a whole lot from this week. Like, I, I don't think anyone like there's really like, what is the big storyline here? Like, obviously, a couple years ago when Ole Miss came, like, you know, Freeze had that thing where he did his filibuster, which was honestly for as many flaws as you Freeze have. That was a power move. Um <laughs> filibustering his entire way through the big media session and in this hotel um but like there's just not a whole ton going on like all 14 coach there's no new coaches all 14 coaches are back like you know alabama's probably winning the west georgia's probably winning the east like you know there's it's lacking and i know like this event you don't get a ton out of it but like it's lacking intrigue on top of that what uh yeah i mean and, and you kind of mentioned like, can it, you think of anything interesting? Like, a, like I'm, I'm not even talking old Mister Related. Like, is there anything out of this week where you're like, oh, here's what I'm looking for? I can't find anything. Uh, Auburn's quarterback, maybe. That's yeah, that's yeah, and they they're not bringing one, right? Nine quarterbacks nah. are here, I think. Yeah, well, Auburn's quarterback is gonna be a true freshman, so it's hard. But I mean, they're gonna have a quote unquote competition. Um, but yeah, I kind of kind of think that's it, and that's only because I mean, Gus's job is squarely on the line, which is crazy, but. Uh, whatever. Um, I mean, kind of every other quarterback outside of Mississippi State is kind of set. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of a, a, a doldrum of a year, and as in there's not a not a whole lot to talk about. What odds would you need that we don't have don't have an Alabama Georgia SEC championship? What's that line? Oh man, 
I mean, isn't it like plus three fifty? I was gonna say three hundred. So sure, let's go in yeah. the middle, three twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, sure. That that's crazy. That we don't have like we that two teams are so slotted into being in the SEC championship game. Well, who's beating them? That's my yes. question. Okay, so LSU is gonna be better. And honestly, in all seriousness, if you had told me that game this year was in Baton Rouge, I might listen to a weird world where LSU takes the West from Alabama. But they're not going into Tuscaloosa and winning. There's one team, and, and I can't. we did this the other day, and I can't remember their East opponents. If you told me Texas A&M did it, I wouldn't be shocked. Because Their just schedule is brutal, dude. It is. Like, I don't. It, honestly, you know, but there's, there's, we, we talked about this other day, and I don't think they necessarily have the horses to get through the whole season. But there's a world where you're in the last week of October into November, and Missouri's like eight and one. <laughs> Remember, we went through this. Yeah. Yeah. And look, like I don't think they're going to beat Georgia, but whatever. Like you just, I mean, they they have a guy that's been to a college football playoff playing quarterback. Like you know, they walk into a game with the puncher's chance to win the East. Like. It's not going to happen, but like that's at least I guess intriguing. But like yeah. Florida could honestly, I'm interested in Florida because um, I, I was I was I was having a beer with a couple guys last night. Will Salmon was sitting there. I was like, it's kind of been a weird off season down there, right? And he's like, yeah, it always is. And um, but I, that kind of just made me thinking. Like he's had a strange off season. I think there's a world though where Felipe Franks ends up being okay. Because what Mullen did with him towards the end of last year didn't really get talked about enough, but he was competent. And before well, that, that was not the case. Here's always been my argument with Felipe Franks. The kid was a five-star. Like, like yeah. I mean, there's talent there. Everybody's always demeaned him, and, and he's not played well at times. But the kid's pretty good when he wants to be. I mean, he's got talent out the ears, and I don't know. I, I, I think Florida's got a chance because they've got all those athletes, but also think there's uh, I think there's some chemistry issues down there at Florida that – uh that you have to ascertain, and, and I think those are real in football, and I don't I don't think that's going to help this team win a win a SEC East title. I would agree with that, but I think there's enough talent there where they could be frisky if, like what you said, just some of that stuff gets worked out. Um, I've always thought about it this way, so like obviously Georgia is it, and like it's Georgia and Alabama, and can somebody kind of the David and Goliath thing is so cliche, but can you knock them down? Like can you like slay one of them and have some <laughs> weird world where you go one loss? They go one loss, but you beat them head to head, and you play for the SEC title game. I don't see right. it happening. Florida could do it, but I was sitting there thinking. So with the Florida Georgia game, if you're another team in the SEC East, particularly the way Georgia is now, isn't it kind of BS that Florida never has to go to Sanford? I know it's like every other <laughs> year, but like that yeah. being a neutral site game, actually, like if particularly if you're in a position like Florida where you're like kind of good enough but not really, that helps you because you don't ever have to play them on the road. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly fair. And I think eventually that game does get moved on to campus. Um, but, yeah, if, if I'm a Missouri and, and I've got to go to Sanford this year and they get to play them in Jacksonville every year, yeah, that, that would be annoying to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, that sucks. Like, you're trying to knock off the cream of the crop and, like, one team gets them as a neutral side every year. I like the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I know you can't call it that anymore. Of course, uh, I guess that's – I guess the argument is they don't get them at home either, but still. Yeah, sure, but like, if like if, if it was old, like if you're an Ole Miss fan, like if you're sitting there and it's like you get Alabama in, I, I don't even know what halfway you want to play them in Tupelo. Like I don't I don't know the halfway point, but you <laughs> kind of get Jackson. my point here. Play them in Memphis. How about that? Yeah. So you play yeah. Alabama in Memphis every year. I think most people would take that, right? <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you, you walk. I mean, I was into. I I went to Bryant Denny two years ago, and like. 
to work that game. And of course, that's Matt Luke's intern year. But that was you might as well. I always wanted to wear black. Like that was a funeral. Like that somebody was getting killed. Did you go in? Uh, did you go in fifteen? I did go in fifteen. I actually went and sat in the stands. I was covering football at that point, but I was like not like the main football guy. Like I helped yeah. out with a lot of practice stuff during the week and did some home games. So that was actually one of the last football games I've been to where I just sat in the stands. Uh, I sat way up top, got some really cheap tickets. So I've been the last two times. Of course, 17, we always make this joke, like a a couple of us, like just like media guys, because I was working in-house in 2017. So imagine trying to write a game story from that 66-3 game. Gary Wunderlich nailed a 48-yard field goal. That's what I wanted the lead to be. It's like Gary Wunderlich's field goal, not enough as Rebels fall 66-3. Like what do you what do you do with that man? I wrote like 500 words Ooh. and I had that thing written at halftime. I was watching Seinfeld on my computer during the second half. What which was tougher to write that year, the uh, that or the wait? You didn't have the Egg Bowl, the uh, 20. No, the, I was thinking of the Egg Bowl in 16, where uh, Ole Miss got run off the field, but you didn't have that one. No, I actually got some interest. Like the 17 Egg Bowl, you don't talk about from an in-house perspective where you're putting out basically just glorified propaganda. And like I don't, I say that somewhat tongue in cheek. There's a lot of in-house guys that are really talented, and like that's a cool gig because of the stability and all that. But like when you can't, you know, write negatively, the uh, the 17 Egg Bowl was like the most interesting story I got all year because that night that game was so weird. Like that was kind of like Matt Luke's crowning moment. You didn't think after that A&M loss there was any way in hell he was getting the job. That happens, and there's all of a sudden this just like gigantic groundswell. And of course, you know what happens after that. But that night was interesting to write about because, like, like in ter- like that had been such a bad year for them, and there was so much just like pure joy of them running around the field and like chanting his name and all that. That was an interesting night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're coming up on the uh, two-year anniversary of Freeze getting fired this weekend. That's this. Yeah, that's right. We um, should, we should, we should have a uh, anniversary podcast. Yeah, I wonder what we need. Like, what, what would you dub that day? Like, what would you call that? Like, oh. I mean, we gave baseball Black Monday. Um, man, fly I undone. I don't know. <laughs> oh, the Oxford Eagles headline of "Escorted Out" was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, whoever did that probably deserves a raise. That was absolutely fantastic. And that's like you know, you get those moments in time where big events happen, and like the local newspaper kind of gets a chance to like basically go viral with a headline, and they they nailed that. They nailed time. that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, really know how you make that any better. Like, I, I, that, that was perfectly done. Um, so I was thinking last night from an Ole Miss perspective from here, like, yes, there's not a whole lot you're getting out of it. I am interested to see how Matt Corral kind of takes questions about being the face of the program because I think Ole Miss deserves some credit for – and we talked about this a little on Friday – deserves some credit for taking him. Um, and that's not necessarily surprising because I believe Shea Patterson went as a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, he did. And that was in a, in a much more turbulent time for the program. But Ole Miss deserves credit for bringing him. That's the, pe- the guy wants to talk to. And I don't like. I don't think like Matt Corral is going to have like trouble facing the media here, like at all. I just I'm just interested to see how he takes questions about being the guy because what a lot of people don't realize about this like this stuff is like when you have a young quarterback, it always seems like particularly if the team's good, it's a veteran football team around him. He's a redshirt freshman, and he's the old guy in on the team. Like in the sense, like he's it and he's 19. Like, he, I don't know. It's just, there's all, to me, there's a big difference between being 19 and being 21. 
And not that oh, he's going to yeah. have any trouble with that, but you just got like you just always have to keep reminding myself of that. Like this kid's 19 years old, and you know he's the face of an SEC program. So I'm interested to see how he takes questions regarding that. Yeah, no, I mean that's certainly a good point. Um, and and I think like you said, he'll be fine. But it's it's kind of interesting the answers that he will give. It's not that it's going to be a problem. It's just uh, you know conveying and and what he what he says and ascertaining that. Um, from a media perspective. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of, you know, the answers he gives about taking over a program so early in his career because technically he's still a freshman, um, you know, with the weird redshirt rule. Yeah, and I think the issue here for this team is because they released the media guide on Friday afternoon and the 2D depth chart. Um, And, you like, like my first impressions looking at that thing – it's and uh, Borky kind of echoed the same thing because we were talking. We were on radio when it happened, so we were kind of talking about it off air. The starting twenty-two is a competitive bunch. Like you look at that and you're like, okay, the, that cover's not bare. And I'm particularly speaking on the defensive side of the football. It's like, okay, like that you can see that. But this team, and of course, you're always going to have injuries on a football team. But if this team gets hit with the injury bug like bad. That's where things are really going to come in trouble because I think the issue with this roster more so than anything else is just there's not a lot of depth. And I, I'm looking at the offensive line. I'm looking at they got a little bit of depth on the defensive line, but like you know, linebackers getting better, but like secondary, not a ton of depth. Like it, it's the guys after the first ones on the two deep is where this gets concerning. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a lot of the uh, 2012 team where you just got to do everything in your power to stay healthy. Some guys are probably going to have to play banged up. Uh, just because there's not a lot of warm bodies available to go. So, yeah, I mean, that it's that's just kind of what, you know, the NCAA thing does to you is, is you're going to be okay on the front line, but it's going to wipe away any and all depth that you have. So you've got to do your, you know, you got to hope you, I mean, there's nothing you can do, but you've got to hope and pray that you stay lucky or you stay healthy if you're Ole Miss. And that, 20, that, that 2012 team, it had that was the team that didn't have an offensive line injury, right? Didn't all those guys play every Correct. game? Started every okay. game, same time. So that's probably a pretty good like comparison to use because do you want to know the second team offensive line right now? I know this is probably mm. this. There's a good chance this could change on the two, but this is what's shocking. Oof. The first one's fine. So the first team, it's Givens at right tackle, Ben Brown, Eli Johnson at center, Royce Newman at left guard, and Bryce Matthews at left tackle. Those guys are that, limited experience, that, game experience to some degree, other than Givens. Why would Givens not be at left tackle? Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think that's just where they have him right now. I think they like Bryce Matthews at left tackle. I think Givens, like, I, I don't know. I don't see that being a set thing though. Like I think Givens could play some left tackle, but they have him on the depth chart right now as a starting right tackle. Okay. I guess technically it could be a misprint. I don't know. (laughs) But point being is like, that's fine. Like it's Givens the old guy. Those other guys are guys that have been around the program, been in the program while it's kind of their turn. They've had a couple of, uh, I mean, there's there's some experience on here, like Newman and Matthews and Ben Brown. Brown, yeah. Like, but you go to the second team, you ready for this? Yeah. This was actually shocking to me when you put them all them side by side. Hamilton Hall, Chandler Tuitt, Samuel Plash, Jalen Cunningham, and Michael Howard. I've heard of one of those kids. Well, they're just kids that that like. That's kind of my point. They've had the they've had the they've had the luxury of going kind of eight nine deep. A lot of them, a nine may be a little excessive, but they've had depth on the offensive line the last couple of years. Ole Miss has been fortunate to have a really good and a really deep offensive line for a long time. And that really kind of the, the 
the nexus of that is left tackle. They've been really stable at left tackle the last couple of years. Now that's not necessarily the case. Like they're going to need those guys to play to remain healthy because you get in that depth. There is, I mean, is there? I I I'm I'm I need to look this up and I probably should have done it for the show. But between Hamilton Hall, Chandler to it, Samuel Plash, Jalen Cunningham, and Bryce Matthews, and then excuse me, Michael Howard. How many? I'm not even talking about starts. How many snaps are there? Isn't Jalen Cunningham a true freshman? Yeah, like like how many snaps are there? That's my yeah, point. Not 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 a ton. Uh, Chandler Tuit committed to Ole Miss back when I was in school, so that's been a minute. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, not not a ton there for sure. So they have got to stay healthy, or they're going to be playing some guys with limited limited experience. Yeah, and I think what uh, honestly, what Luke Luke did a good job in the sense that. Uh, like he hired a guy. To, he, he hired. He had. To, he's done a good job hiring people in general, but he did a good job hiring his own replacement. Big Nell's been really good, but man, he's going to have his work cut out for him. And we talked to him about some of this in the spring, and it's kind of like he like. I think he's kind of basically been like, look, I've enjoyed the challenge of like trying to get, you know, some of these kids ready to play because we don't have as much experience. But you can tell he's it's it's he's probably losing some sleep over the lack of depth. Oh, absolutely. You probably should. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a period at the beginning of the year where they've got to get acclimated with each other, especially with the new quarterback. So there could be some certainly some bumps in the road uh, the first few games in a situation where Ole Miss really can't afford bumps in the road. Yeah, so that's really the theme with this team in general. Not, I mean, it's, it's I guess it's personified in the offensive line, but they're, you talk about bumps in the road and growing pains. The problem is, is there's no time to learn through your mistakes. I mean, of course, you're always going to naturally learn through mistakes as you play a game. But there is my point being is like you're not going like, you know, southeast Louisiana, UL Monroe to right. get in. Like they got to make well, we talked about this before, but they've got to win games immediately to have a chance because that schedule on the back end is so brutal. Like you can't be like, oops. I felt like we got better today, but, you know, Memphis was just a better veteran football team. Like, you can't lose that game. Here's an interesting hypothetical. If, if you offered Matt Luke one and one right now, does he take it or play it out? Play it out because I think he needs to get to 2-0. and oh. You think they have to be 2-0? and oh? I don't well, think Cal could end up being it. the best team of all of them. Like Memphis is probably better than Cal, but there's like I think like I think Cal's probably better than Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. But man, if you go zero and two, goodness, that's scary. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that that would be that. Zero and two is it's like okay, like, this could get out of hand. <laughs> I mean, because it's get it's going to get real tough there at the end. And you could go zero and two and be playing a whole lot better at the end of the year than you were at the beginning. And it won't really matter. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that yeah, definitely. So I don't know. They uh. Yeah, they're in really kind of a rock and a hard place there because they've got a lot of inexperience, a lot of stuff to work out, and not a ton of time to do it. So that's actually what I mean. That's what's going to make this season interesting. Is like immediately out of the gate, like it's 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 there. Like I mean, like <laughs> what what they do in the first month is going to kind of define probably where they end up in the season. And you know, in a year where they really probably need to get to a bowl game, like I don't think they're going to quite have the horses to get to six and six. I think they go five and seven. I think four and eight is actually more likely than six and six. Um, but man, if they were able to get to a bowl game and actually generate some real momentum, like to me, 
yes, the NCAA stuff is over. The cloud's finally off of it. But if they got to a bowl game and if they won a bowl game, it would finally feel like that entire chapter in the history of Ole Miss football is finally closed. Oh, yeah, completely. If, if you go to the Birmingham Bowl or the Liberty Bowl or what, whatever bowl, um, you know, after being on bowl band two years in a row, that, that certainly gets some momentum back in the program. It'd probably feel a lot like uh, when they went to Birmingham in 2012. Yeah, because that happened. You talk about a different chapter being closed quickly. I mean, they were they went from two and ten to that in that Birmingham Bowl. You know, like Birmingham Bowl was like it was it was it was good in the sense that they got to a bowl game, but you could tell it was kind of the start of something bigger. Right. And so I think people could kind of sense that. So yeah, that would be huge for Matt. You want to talk about him like being sustainable long term or staying here for a long like you know having a decent tenure here? That would be a like. If he if Matt Luke's here seven years from now, I think they went to a bowl game this year. Like that would that's a huge launching point for him. That would be yeah. monumentous. Um, and if and if, but if you do, the, you're probably replacing a coordinator. You may be replacing him anyway. Right. It, but if he doesn't go to the bowl game, is he here in 2022? That's the <sighs> next question. I mean, I guess he certainly could be. Like you, you went, you get better in twenty. Like you're better in twenty twenty, and you go to a bowl. Like, like if he went f- five and seven this year, like people wouldn't be happy. But if they got to a bowl game in twenty twenty, he's probably still okay. Yeah, I mean, no. If he gets to a bowl game, there. I don't think there's really much scenario at Ole Miss, and I might get crucified for this. I don't think there's a scenario at Ole Miss where you get to a bowl game and get fired. I don't think it works like that here. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree. It's just you got to do it in the next two years, though. Like if he doesn't go to a bowl in 2019 or 2020, you have presumably have another athletic director that you definitely have another athletic director at that point. I don't think there's a 2021. Yeah, of course, I say that. and I never would have thought that uh, Ole Miss would ever contemplate firing a baseball coach that makes an NCAA regional. But that certainly happened. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's just kind of kind of where we're at. So I don't know. Um that's really about all the thoughts I have on on that. Well, hopefully, we'll obviously tomorrow we'll get some more fodder because they'll talk about who got bigger, faster, and stronger, and things of that nature. And uh, it will be very peak SEC media days. Um, yeah, so I had quite this Uber experience was wild. Okay, yeah. Um, so Friday, Saturday night, it's like day one of the golf tournament is over and they always have like a party afterward and like normally so we got washed out the second day because of rain but normally the way it works is like you have this big party and you basically bet on all the teams in a calcutta um <laughs> and then you go play the second day wait can it's you honestly, bet on yourself oh yeah you can buy your team and like some of those teams will go for a few grand like you there's a uh, the way that goes is like there's a potential like there's always a potential at that tournament you're playing for a decent amount of money the second day it's awesome like that course like it's literally in the middle of a cornfield, but like in its own way, it's a really cool course and it's a fun tournament just because, you know, it's an interesting format. There's some money on the line. It was a blast. I need, but to, anyway, I need to start playing golf. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So any but anyway, we didn't have the second day. We made the call. They made the call that night because it, the weather on Sunday just looked awful. And like there's no way we were playing. Um so I leave that, and I went to go meet up with a couple of friends at a buddy's house, and then they always want to go to Shuckers, which is I don't yeah. know if you ever been to Shuckers. Yeah, uh, yeah it's an interesting, interesting place. Um, anyway, yeah, it's 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 something. Um, so we go to this house, so I, go, I meet up at a buddy's house, and then we're trying to get an Uber to Shuckers, 
and I walk outside. We took two. There's like ten of us, so we took two uh, two cars. Right. And so the second the second Uber shows up, there's only like four or five of us left, and I just happen to be the first one to walk outside when it got there. And I see there's like something in. I was like, oh, there's a. He's got a passenger. There's someone in shotgun. So I'm just gonna get in the back. So I thought that like he had like his wife with him or something. No, it was just a gigantic Chewbacca mask and Chewbacca suit sitting in the uh, <laughs> sitting sitting in the passenger seat of this car. Um, and we had like we had like and he was like like uh, he didn't say anything about it either. I got in the back seat and I'm kind of staring at the mask and he's just like, "What's up, man?" I'm like nothing. Like <laughs> you a big Star Wars guy? <laughs> did he did he say anything about it? Like the whole ride? Um. No, so he he didn't say anything. Um, so, so that's so I'm sitting there and I was like, well, we got five people. Like somebody's gonna have to maybe like get in the trunk if he doesn't move it. So surely he's gonna move it. Uh, did not the Chewbacca mask stayed there, so we all rode in the back seat. Um, yeah. So I got an Uber and there's a gigantic furry Chewbacca mask and a Chewbacca suit in the passenger seat. And he said finally said something about it. He's like, like he's like. Is that mask bothering y'all? It's like, of course it's bothering us, man. Like, there's, we're, we're jamming four people in the back seat here because you won't move your mask. But, of course, like, nobody said anything about it. So yeah, You don't want to piss off the guy that's carrying a Chewbacca mask on the yeah. front seat. Well, at first I was like, I was like, what is going on here? And I realized it was a mask. I thought there was a person under the mask. So, of course, my immediate reaction, I was like, shit, this guy's on drugs. We're never going to get to this place so safe. Like, I was like, we're in trouble. Um so, so did you think about canceling it i i know because we're you're in the car i'm just going with it at that point like it had been a long day i was just like you know what i'm just gonna ride this out but and i didn't necessarily hear this but i was talking to one of the guys i was with on sunday and apparently like, like there's a dude we had a dude in the back you know he's kind of feeling himself and he was like so you're a big Star Wars fan, like just being condescending because clearly the guy's a gigantic Star Wars fan. He's got a gigantic ass Chewbacca mask <laughs> on his seat. And the guy basically said something to the effect of, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I kind of like this guy. Yeah, I, I know. And I, was, I didn't – uh, apparently somehow – I don't know how I missed that. I was sitting in the middle of the like middle seat in the back. I don't know how that happened. But yeah, he's just throwing it back at us. So – yeah, I don't really know what to make of Chewbacca Uber guy, but I didn't necessarily hate it. But that is a weird move. Did like I, you pick a car up full of people and you have a gigantic furry mask on your seat and you're just not going to move it. Like the Chewbacca's staying. Like you're double buckling, buddy, because the Chewbacca's not moving. Was 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 that a three or a four star? Um, that's a great question. So I didn't call this Uber, so I didn't rate them. I don't know what I would have given them. Um. <laughs> Can you leave That's a so comment or is it just a rating? Like I, I might give him four stars and be like, he's not on drugs. <laughs> he did not pop Molly. Yeah. Like I, but that was my first instinct. I was like, once I realized it was not a person and it was a mask, I was like, damn it. This dude's high. We're, we're going to like, we may not get here safe. Um, but uh, he, he turned out to be fine. Chewbacca guy was a relatively straight shooter. So who would have thought Jack, uh, Jack, Jackson Uber stay lit. Yeah, that was uh that was quite the interesting one, and then of course Chuckers is just an experience in its in its own right. But had a have good time. Been, have you been to Cowbells in Starkville? Uh, I have not. I have uh, only gone out in Starkville a handful of times. We were actually talking about this the other day. I had a uh, <laughs> I had an interesting experience one of the first times I went out in Starkville. Uh, it involved fire. 
I mean, I'm all ears. Was, was so we, we went out in the cotton district uh, or whatever, and I know there's some state people that listen to this. I have some friends that are state people. Look, like I like it's fun in its own way, but they call those things bar, but they're really just like hotel room huts. Like they're tiny. <laughs> so we we're yes, standing outside the place. Um, I think this was like for a, like there's a basketball game or something going. On. I don't really remember. But we were standing outside there, and all of a sudden, this tree catches fire. There's, like, these little tiny <laughs> trees outside the bar, and it just goes up in flames. And, of course, I'm just standing there, and, like, it's two o'clock, like 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, that tree's on fire. But, like, no one did anything about it. Everyone was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. The tree's on fire. And I was like, actually, like, this is p- potentially be an issue. Like, we, we should probably – somebody should probably put that out. Um, but everyone – instead of people, like, freaking out, there was just, like, this, like – I would say 90-second period where everybody's just mesmerized by the fire, just kind of staring at it, not really knowing what to do with this tree on fire, just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Actually, that's not cool because if this burns down, we're in trouble. How did, how did the tree catch on fire? I don't know. I would assume it was some dude that, you know, like it was really dry and he put out a cigarette or something. I don't know how the fire got started. I was probably 50 yards away from it when it happened and then walked up to it afterward. But, yeah, just turned around and this thing's in flames. <laughs> You you always find a good time, man. Uh, yeah, weird stuff tends to happen to me. I uh, I always tell people that, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're just making stuff up. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm not. Weird stuff happens to me a lot. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you hear Sudo comment uh, on, on you on, on Ben's podcast the other day? No, what, did he, what did he say? <laughs> I asked. So they have like a, a Q&A, and I just asked his opinion on Birmingham Waffle House. Is it 3.30 in the morning? And, uh, and the Uber drivers that picked you up from them. And, and he told the story about the uh, the Tennessee baseball team at our hotel. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a low moment. I'm gonna have to. Um, I'm gonna have a bone to pick with Sunu after that one. Then. Um, oh God! We just have a plug for Ben's podcast. Yeah. Um, don't listen to that podcast. Don't listen to that story. Uh, so it, they're plug removed. Um. <laughs> that's funny. I uh, I hadn't seen Sudo in a while, so I'm at yeah, the I almost played Memphis at the Redbird Stadium in March. He came up and said hello, but yeah, good dude. Hadn't seen him in a while. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But uh, media days are this week, and then how long is it till till fall practice? Like two more weeks? I think it's two weeks. So I'm actually oh. going to uh, Los Angeles next week um, to see a friend. So like. I'm doing this media days thing, then taking a week vacation. I think fall camp's the next week after that. It may be two weeks. Um, so am I but, going solo for a week? No, I think I'm still going to do the podcast. Um, okay. One, just because, like, I mean, it's not really, like, that much work. And <laughs> two, like, the guy I'm staying with, particularly, like, during the week, he's out there. Work, he's doing an internship. So he's going to have to work. So, like, I'm basically just going to be – I say it's in L.A. It's in Newport Beach, yeah. And so it's like one of those beach communities outside of Los Angeles. Um, so, like, I'm just going to be chilling, reading on the beach and, you know, doing what West Coast people do. I might buy a skateboard and, uh, like, a billabong uh, uh, sleeveless tee. Who's to say? But my point being, I'll have some time on my hands. So I think I'm going to do the pod. Plus, I think I might just do an entire podcast where I just point out observations that I've made on the West Coast. I think that's got potential. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wait. We have to, we have to do our conspiracy theory, Brian. Oh yeah, shit! I forgot to do research on this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so this is the Helen Keller one, right? 
Yes. Yeah, I'll let you go first. No, no, no. You're. I'm going to ask a question, and you're going to have to fill us in on this. What is the actual nexus of people thinking this is that she doesn't exist? All right. It goes a little bit deeper than you know. There's not scholarships. There's not roads. When there's not monuments named after her in Alabama, which I kind of find interesting that there are none of those things. I kind of researched a lot of that stuff, and there's not much there memorializing her, which I kind of feel like is extremely odd. What um, time period did she live in? Uh, I'll have to look that up. I didn't write that down, but it was maybe the twenties to fifties. I'm not sure. But so there's a belief that her mother was like a big communist, like socialist and that she trained her to these beliefs and that type thing. It's like, she struggled, you know, drinking water, but she's able to, to do a lot of different stuff. I ultimately don't believe in this theory that she's not real. But I do kind of – I give it more credence than the uh, Tupac and, and is still alive thing. Like I give it a lot more credence than that because to me – But there's the, all kinds of photos of this lady. It says – okay, yeah. I would never guess this. She died in 1968. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. When was she born? Like the 20s or 30s? 1880. Oh, dear God. Yeah, she okay. was 87 when she died, allegedly. Yeah. Um, but does the no monuments or scholarship thing strike you as odd? Where's the me. town? Tuscumbia, Alabama? I think that's right. Because um, you ask people from Alabama, and they say that all the time, that it's weird that there's nothing named after her. But, like, how is... How... Like, what made Helen Keller a legend, I guess? Like, I understand, like, the, the general consensus right. story, but how did you, like, get famous by that? I mean, just... She's blinded deaf and, and has the music ability that she has i mean that that was kind of what led her to to the famousness that she she got um but i don't know i i, I kind of look there's some conspiracy theories i believe in um and i'm close to giving credence to this one but i ultimately i, I don't think that there's a way that you can just fake that type of person's life like i don't, I don't necessarily buy into that but i do understand a little bit where people are coming from with it the lack of monumentization is weird. I'm not buying into this either. I don't really buy into any of these. The point of this segment is really just to kind of understand <laughs> why people think the way oh, they think. Oh, I believe in, in the uh, mafia killed JFK. Um. Okay, I guess we can do that one next week. I'm going to have to uh, do a little more research before I take a stance on, you know, the mafia killing a sitting U.S. president. Um. So... I'm going to have to do some digging Man, on that one. there's no way Oswald acted alone. There's no way. Wait, so when you're talking about socialism here, I pulled up Helen Keller's Wikipedia, and then there was an ad or some kind of poll about socialism <laughs> that came up. Is that is that the eye in the sky? Like, did they just hear us, or is that like a connected thing? Sup at God. Um, okay, that's, uh, that is something. Um, that's like Facebook, man. You search for one thing and you've got 74 ads about it the next time you log on to Facebook. Yeah, that's that's that that's a little scary. Um, the Russians, man. Did anything else happen interesting over the the weekend? I uh, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, kind of by far. Other than that, yeah. not really. Oh, the uh, Island plugged on. Was this Thursday or Friday night? The the Angels threw a combined no hitter. Oh yeah, it was Friday night. That was cool. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that was the first. They hadn't been home since yes. like that ha- the, since yeah. the uh, Tyler Skaggs passed away. Like they were on a road trip, and then you had the All Star break. That's really cool. Yeah, and then Trout hits the first pitch he sees, four hundred and fifty so feet, and his number was forty five. That was really cool. Wow, 
Yeah, um, I don't think that shit happened by accident. Like, I don't yeah. think there's, that kind of stuff's a coincidence. Yeah, that, and I think there was another stat. Like, the Angels' last no-hitter was on, like, Skaggs' birthday, or last combined no-hitter was on the day he was born. So, yeah, I mean, it was just a bunch of weird, weird random stuff. I'm with you. It, it That does not feel like a coincidence. No, and baseball always has a weird way of doing that. That One of the more, like, emotional videos I've ever seen – was D Gordon hitting D. Gordon. the home run the first game they played back after Jose Fernandez died and I believe that was set six, 17 16 17 somewhere around 16, there yeah 16 um yeah, yeah that was wild like, Gordon just, never baseball has a weird way of doing stuff like that yeah yeah and it was really cool I don't know if they've ever come out with what happened I think it was just I don't want to say fluke because I mean we're talking about a person losing their life but I don't think it was anything like malicious or intentional or anything like that I think something just medically happened the way it sounds and the poor kid man just a tough situation yeah I mean like all in all seriousness like with stuff like that that just like if you want like an actual reminder that like you know how think quickly things can change I mean just a healthy athlete just you know, some freak thing happens, and there you're at. It's kind of scary to think about. Um, did, you talk, did you see the guy on Twitter talking about the way Skaggs pitched and, like, his injury, like, how his arms set him up for injuries, and those injuries could have resulted in his death? What? Yeah, I'll have to – I'll send it to you when you get off air. I saw it because Casey Mize retweeted it and was, like, making fun of the guy. Uh, it, it was kind of one of the sicker things that I've seen. Yeah, what the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> see, but that – see, that, the problem I have with that guy – is that guy, I don't even know who you're talking about. I haven't even seen this, but that guy doesn't believe what he's saying. He's trying to get attention on the internet, and the fact that he's using someone's passing to do it is just really sick and messed up. But that guy doesn't believe that. That guy just wants people to yell at him on the internet so he feels like he has attention. I don't understand the, the rationale. I mean, I guess I get it of, of getting people, like purposefully getting people to get mad at you on the internet. Like, I, I, I don't. I can understand the guy that craves attention on the internet, but what do you get out of just pissing people off? That's a way some people get attention. Like some people just are like, it's not antagonist is the right. Well, maybe it is the right word. I don't know. But like, that's just some people, the way people want to garner the attention, like, you know, not creative, don't have a whole lot going for them. So, you know, what? I'm just going to have a bunch of people yell at me. So I'm relevant. <laughs> that, that, that's not how I get my rocks off, but to each their own. I mean, that's how some of this politics stuff works in the day and age of the Internet like this. I don't even really know what's going on. But the 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 truck guy that banned the reporter from whatever. What's it? Who is this? Uh, I can't. I can't. I, I don't guess I've seen this. The the truck, the guy like the my truck, my rules oh, guy. Oh, Robert Foster. Yes. Yeah. 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 My, my but that's man. a political stunt. Yeah, he, got, he pissed people off on purpose so he would get attention because that guy's name has now been more in the news. I didn't even know he was running for governor until this happened. So that's intentional. But that's kind of the same thing as, hey, I'm going to piss people off on the Internet guy. Is like It's like the no press is bad press type of thing. If people are talking about you, it's better than people not talking about you. Because like, that guy didn't do that because he actually believes that. He just did it because he needed his name to up. I guarantee whoever's running his campaign was like, hey, you know it would be a great idea? This. But, okay, hear me out. And I don't want to get too deep off into that because it's politics or whatever. But Mississippi Today had to write about it. So I don't think at first it was intentional, but I think kind of – because, like, they, again, had to write. If they don't write about it, there's never a story there. Um, Yeah, I would, like, respectfully disagree on some part of that, though. I think that's calculated. I think they're like, you know what? This would probably blow up. Yeah, I mean, you, sure. have you heard of this guy before it happened? Absolutely not. I had no exactly. clue. No clue. Now that everyone knows exactly who he is because he's that guy. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I think that's part of that. Not to get too deep into politics, but I think that's part of like 
what Trump showed. Like that's a guy with no political experience had, you know, remember the early days of the Trump thing, you know, there are like two or three different things he said and did. And you're like, oh, that's going to kill his campaign. But he only got bigger. And then it just turned into this gigantic storm. So I think I swear I think that's a strategy people are starting to follow. I don't think it's going to work in this case. Uh, no, that guy's not going to win. But like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, he he may get more votes than he would have. Like, oh yeah, he will. But yeah, I mean, he, yeah. Just, the it's world's crazy, it's, man. It's going to help that his first name, his name's the first on the ballot. But yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, think. you wonder why I want to blow up Twitter, and then <laughs> stuff like this happens. <laughs> well, like, I think this, I think this happens without Twitter. To be fair. I mean, <laughs> but how in the world that guy's not doing hashtag my truck, my rules and my Twitter's there. <laughs> that was the best thing ever. <laughs> my rules. I just, I don't, like, the, the, like, I guess my beef, main beef with Twitter and the way it's used sometimes is, and I'm not going to go, I promise I'm not going to do a daily social media right here, but like it's created just dumb lazy ways to get attention and get famous and it it's spilled into politics too and it's like god just can we not do this i haven't i haven't gotten mad at twitter except for uh, on friday when when y'all sent out the uh, best offensive lineman in the state and people sent like 10 tweets with laramie tunzel's name not being mentioned yeah that's actually really interesting because there were a lot of people that didn't include tunzel in it at least not immediately and like tunzel is one of the greatest athletes i've ever seen yeah. uh, just pure athlete it's probably the best offensive lineman Ole Miss has ever had, or he's definitely in the conversation. But I just wonder if his hit, like, was is it just because it feels like tainted in the sense that like he was kind of the center of part of the NCAA investigation? So like, it like is that does that affect it at all? I always just wonder why because he was really good and had a hell of a career, I mean, but I don't feel like he gets his due for it. Yeah, I mean, which is sad because that shouldn't play into you know, determining how great he was. I think he was one of the best, if not the best football players uh, in the Hugh Freeze era at Ole Miss. And I could probably go back farther than that. Um, so I, yeah, it was, I think it gets tainted by that, but I don't think that's fair at all because I mean, what does that have to do with his ability to play football? Right, exactly. And then he had the gas mask bong thing. Which I don't, is funny. He, he's an interesting case. They could make a 30 for 30 on that guy. Like just uh, Ole Miss would have to let him talk. Yeah, it's just like, dude, that guy was going to be the number one overall pick in the draft and fell 12 spots. There were 11 teams after the number one pick that could have gotten that guy and didn't because he did marijuana. Well, the the Titans were going to take him, but didn't they trade that spot to somebody? The Titans wanted to a cop out. They had already drafted Taylor Lewan, who they thought was going to be their left tackle of the future. They knew they probably should have drafted Tunsil because it's a prospect you can't pass on. So they traded out of the number one overall pick as basically a cop out to not have to draft him. He still fell into his lap because a literal planet aligning miracle happened, and they still <laughs> and didn't draft him at ten or whatever they they drafted back to. They drafted Jack Conklin instead. Conklin, yeah. <laughs> so they traded out to not have to get him. So they could have traded out, gotten the assets they traded from it, and still wound up with Tunzel because of a literal miracle and passed on him again. Is that they traded to the Rams? And the Rams took golf. Is that correct? I, think I right. believe that is correct. Um, yeah. So that. That that happened. The Titans actually don't get crushed enough for that. I like that. That's that's almost. I mean, that's inexcusable. But haven't they fired everybody that was involved in that process? Though 
I believe that was the very end of the old regime. John Robinson, who's a Patriots a Patriots guy, like he's got that DNA, was the assistant GM there for a while, has done a really nice job building that team. Um, obviously, Mariota's not his guy, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But he's done a decent job building a football team. I think Mike Vrabel's a good coach, too. Um, I, I don't think their last guy was very good, um, and yeah. I'm blanking on his name. Um, Wizenhut? No, no, there was someone after Wizenhut. Was, oh, Mike Munchak. Munchak, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, those were talk about back-to-back bad hires. My God. Um, but yeah, he's done a nice job, but yeah, that, that whole Tunsil draft night thing was wild. but yeah, how, I don't know. I I think he should definitely be in the conversation with Hull and a couple of those other guys, maybe Jackie Slater. Yeah. I mean, Mike Orr needs to be in there too. Um, discussed at least, but that's the same thing. It's like the perfect like internet debate is like you, it's good with skill position players, but like, do you know how many untrained eyes there are on offensive line play? Like, nobody knows. Yeah, but but by God, everybody will tell you that they understand the new yeah. offensive line. That's exactly what I said on air that day that we were going to do it. I was like, look, man, if we do offensive line, there are going to be experts coming out of the woodworks. Like, <laughs> that chip block guy is going to be real high on his high horse trying to decide the offensive lineman in this state. But in reality, no one knows anything. There's like seven people I trust with football insight that aren't coaches. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know. And most of them played football or played the offensive line. If you played offensive line at the high school level or something like that or higher, I'll like I'll take your word for it because like, you know, if you do the exercise, you're obviously going to have some intel on it. But like I other played, than that, I played tight end and couldn't tell you a thing. Yeah, but like no <laughs> one's like like I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Like I'm not going to try to tell you about offensive line footwork and stuff like that. But if I did, like don't listen to me. I don't know anything. <laughs> so anyway, it's that's so about all I. That's about gonna, all I got today. You're not doing film breakdowns this year. Um, I've actually thought about doing a thing where I'm going to maybe rewatch the game on Sunday nights or Monday morning and like write some observations. I will not be breaking down like blocking <laughs> schemes and stuff. If that's what you're asking, but I have thought about doing something like that. Yeah, I mean that that's fine. I I get a kick out of the uh, people that are like take pictures, like screenshots and stuff, and talk about like cover two and cover three and what the quarterback saw. I'm like, bro, you don't know. Just yeah, chill. that's fine and all that. If you do like like if you either a played football or really have like there's a, yeah, there yeah, are some people sure. that like have Ross really in, good at it. Yeah, and I'll actually give uh the Clarion Ledger Ole Miss beat writer Nick Suss like he kind of yeah, knows Suss like sort of the ins and outs of like stuff like that and like. I can, like I get it, but I don't I don't get it enough to like talk about it like that so confidently because there's a very good chance that like I miss like diagnose some kind of you know package or scheme or something like that and just sound like a moron. <laughs> so yeah, same yeah. So be looking for that content on Sundays this year. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian, that's about down. all I got today. Did we miss anything else? No, I think that's about it. Ole Miss goes tomorrow, so we'll have that on Wednesday. Um. Yeah, we will. We'll have a lot. Like, I think I'll have I'll have a lot of thoughts on that. I'm hopefully going to put out that story tomorrow on the two sport thing. Um, once we talk to Matt Luke, so we'll have that. But um, yeah, we'll be back in on Wednesday. I'm going to have a couple guests on. Um, I've got some things in the works here, but like, you know, this is like a gigantic media hub of, you know, party, not party, but like get together basically. So it'd be kind of wasteful if we didn't have some guests. Absolutely. So we'll be back at it on Wednesday. Um, we'll have a lot of thoughts from what Ole, what was said and not said at the podium for Ole Miss. Um, really just some SEC thoughts in general, kind of once these coaches get going and they start speaking, and we'll be back at it. But for Colin Brister, 
I am Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for hanging out with us. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Getting geared up for football season. Really pumped about it. But uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.